technology that we use to develop these tires on track is the same technology that goes into the passenger tires that you'll drive. And there's that link between engineering and what we do and the people that we use. And it's really a source of pride for us. We're making these tires that go 240 miles per hour into turn one at Indy. And those are the same people that are working with us in other ways. That is Kara Adams, Director of Race Tire Engineering and Manufacturing for Bridgestone Americas. That means that, among other things, she leads the teams that design, produce, and support the Firestone Firehawk race tires that we supply to the NTT IndyCar Series and the Indy 500. Hi there, I'm Keith Cauley, and this is Thrive, a Bridgestone Americas podcast where we explore our company through compelling conversations with teammates across our organization. If you're new here, welcome. It's good to have you with us. And if you've been here before, welcome back. We're excited to kick off season two of our journey to learn more about Bridgestone, our business, and our people. And we're excited for you to join us wherever is most convenient for you. You can now find us in Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, and beyond. Just search Thrive Bridgestone to download, listen, and share with your teams and communities. There you can also find season one episodes to catch up on what you may have missed or just revisit anything you might want to hear again. But now back to the topic at hand. It is the month of May as we're recording this, which means the Indianapolis Motor Speedway is alive with the roar of horsepower in anticipation of the greatest spectacle in racing, the Indy 500. Our Firestone tires have carried champions across the finish line there for more than a century, and it takes a whole team to get it done. We'll talk with John Larkins in our race tire production facility about the pride and process that goes with making our cutting edge tires. But first, we'll start with Kara, the first ever female chief engineer in the NTT IndyCar series to set the stage on our role in racing past and present. We hope you enjoy this conversation. Well, Kara Adams joining us from Akron, Ohio, at the new Advanced Tire Production Center, a big project in the works coming soon for our Northeast Ohio uh, footprint. Very important to especially our race tire manufacturing, which we'll dive into today. Kara, thanks for taking the time to join us. Thank you, Keith, for having me on the podcast. Absolutely. A, a, a familiar person for me to have some interactions with. Uh, I've gotten to know a little bit about Firestone Racing and our role in the IndyCar Series over my time at Bridgestone. One of the really cool things uh, that we do, and I'm sure as you talk to people, they always think that you have one of the really cool jobs at Bridgestone. Does that sound fair? Well, I do have one of the really cool jobs at Bridgestone, <laughs> let's be honest. Yes, absolutely. It's not It's not a thought. It, it's, a, it's a proven fact. <laughs> it's a truth. Debated on the open market. Uh, well, tell me a little bit and tell our, our listeners a little bit, just for those who may not be as familiar, what is the role that Bridgestone, that Firestone plays uh, in the IndyCar series and in this world of motorsports as far as race tires go? Well, we are really proud to be the sole tire supplier for the NTT IndyCar Series. That's a relationship that's gone back since 95. We were active in Champ Car and uh, IndyCar and now the IndyCar Series. So we're, we're really excited about the role that we do. We supply all of the tires. This is across all of the teams. So we get all of our tires here in Akron, Ohio. We're manufacturing the tires here in Akron. Our engineer, design engineers are all out of Akron. We are 
are designing the specs that we're going to be using in the series. Uh, we work on design specifications, and then we get everything ready to go to the racetrack. And then we actually travel to the racetrack. We provide service to the teams where they're answering questions for teams and engineers and drivers to make sure that they can run their Firestone Firehawks successfully at the track. So we are in a lot of different sports partnerships through Bridgestone, and we use them as marketing platforms and engagement platforms. Uh, certainly that is the case for IndyCar and racing as well, but with the unique alternate addition that we have a lot of product on the ground, and it's not just providing basic product. It is product that is critical to the competition itself and that we work in collaboration with IndyCar to make sure it, it is a dynamic part of everything we see on the track, correct? Yeah, we have a lot of fantastic sports marketing partnerships. Um, unfortunately, we don't make the rubber that goes into the hockey pucks. There's no Bridgestone hockey puck or Bridgestone football, although that would be a fun project to work on, wouldn't it? Oh, evaluate that for the future. Yes, yes. <laughs> absolutely. In the IndyCar series, this is a lot of technology that is going into the fundamental performance of the race cars on track. They are going to have to talk about tires and they're going to have to talk about tire performance because it's so important to the racing series. And and the really great thing for us coming out of engineering the tires at the America's Technical Center is we're using a lot of the same tools and methods that we're using to develop the passenger tires to the mining tires, the long haul TBR tires. And we're working hand in hand with engineers that are, are doing other programs. And all that technology is all kind of wrapped up and goes into making the best tires, whether it's on the racetrack or in a mine or on the road that you and I drive. And I know that the history of not just Firestone, but of Firestone racing in particular is something that you are very passionate and knowledgeable about. You know, we think back to Harvey Firestone, win on Sunday, sell on Monday was his mantra when he got into IndyCar racing at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway as one of those original proof points for his technology. As you say, we still use it today. And just thinking about the evolution, I mean, this goes back to 1911, right? The yes. very first Indy 500 is where Firestone Racing truly got its start. Ray Haroon and his Marmon Wasp, and those are four and a half inch wide tires. If you saw those tires, you thought, <laughs> why in the world were they racing on something that small? But we've had so much evolution of motorsports technology and tire technology from racing on completely bias ply tires to introducing the radial tire in the 60s. And Mario Andretti has some phenomenal stories about doing some tire testing with us and, and what they learned and, and what he brought to our, our relationship with the Indianapolis Motor Motor Speedway and with racing, but we you learn so much being on the edge of performance. So there's there's a lot of reasons that we're involved in racing, and a lot of it is to learn from the technology. Of course, there's win on Sunday, sell on Monday, and that's really important for us to be able to showcase the technology that's in our tires. And then maybe somebody goes to a Firestone Complete Auto Care store and they see a picture of a Firestone Firehawk race tire next to a Firestone Firehawk passenger tire. They see that connection, and we hope to drive that connection home that the technology that we use and to develop these tires on track is the same technology that goes into the passenger tires that you'll drive. And there's that link between engineering and what we do and the people that we use. And it's really a source of pride for us, both for our consumers, our customers, and as well as the employees here to know that, hey, this is this is really amazing work and technology that we're doing. We're making these tires that go 240 miles per hour into turn one at Indy. And those are the same people that are working with us in other ways. 
And that I, I that's the part that I find the most just incredible to be associated with the brand when you're at races like this is to see the trust that the drivers right put in the hands of you and your team that designs and manufactures the tires. And, and they are completely sold on Firestone is the only one who can who can do this for us, right? I mean, you're talking about oh 220 goodness, yes. miles an hour, turn one at Indy, people going two, three wide, and it's crazy. And they're like, we trust completely into yes. these Firestone tires. Yeah, I don't know how many of you listening to this podcast have had the fortunate opportunity to be at an IndyCar race, but especially the Indianapolis 500. But if you've been at the Indianapolis 500 and you've been in the area where we host our customers after the race, we always have the drivers come out and they talk a little bit to the customers and then the group of employees that are there. And pretty much without fail, we ask the drivers what they thought about the tires and they will almost always say, hey, you know what? We love our tires. We love the Firestones that are on our car. We go through the race. We worry about an engine failing. We worry about traffic. We worry about a piece on the car breaking, but we never, ever, ever worry about the quality of our Firestone tires. And that's something really is a source of pride for the drivers and for the team and really is the company as a whole to have a driver say, I'm going 230 miles per hour and I don't worry about the tires. That's one of the biggest compliments anybody could ever give us. And I, I know that Mario Andretti is, is a name you mentioned already and a guy who is a, a longstanding relationship, started as actually a test driver for our tires way back before he had a full-time ride, which is just an incredible thing to, to, to think about before he really was a worldwide name. I'm going to revisit this. I would love to close with what's your, do you have a favorite Mario story? Because you're a, a lucky person who probably has a few good ones. But before we get into uh, your great pal relationship with Mario, I would like to explain experience a little bit about your journey, because you are, I think it's safe to say, you look around the paddock, the pit area of an IndyCar race, and there's there's more females, there's more women now than maybe there were several years ago, but it's still a wall that is breaking down. You were the first chief engineer when you were chief, you became chief engineer of Firestone Racing to be in the IndyCar paddock. Uh, how did you get to that point? You know, Keith, um, I love this question, and I have had so many people along my career help me. Um, every manager I've worked for, a lot of the people that work with the racing program, um, I just, there's one great thing about Bridgestone is everybody wants everyone to succeed. And we always try to build everybody else up. From my first manager in racing, um, Paige Mater, when I first met Paige, I went into his office. He didn't know who I was. And I said, hi, I'm Kara. I just started with the company, and someday I would like to work for race tire engineering. This is kind of my background. What would make your ideal engineer? What are you looking for an engineer? He thought, okay, nobody's ever told me that or nobody has ever asked me that question. And he he said, well, let me think about it and get back to you. He talked to the person that would become my, my second manager in race tire engineering, Dale Harrigal, and they chatted about it and they came up, came up with a few things. So I met with him a little bit later. I said, that's great. And I went out and I actually bought some textbooks and I studied just so I could put myself in a position where if that role opened up in the future, that I would be ideally suited for it. So a little bit of persistence there. I knew I was always wanted to work in racing. So um, I've had a lot of phenomenal people just help me. And it's just a really supportive environment here at Bridgestone. When I was first introduced to some of the race teams, I know Paige would take me around and say, this is Kara. She's in our new street course engineer. You know, watch out for her. She's going to be, she's going to be going places. She's really smart. And like just having that confidence from my 
my manager for them to be able to say to a customer that, you know, this is somebody that you should respect. And it's it's really set me up well. So I think that's always something that is important for me is uh, trying to mentor the next group of talent, the, the younger engineers, the, the people that are excited about racing and motorsports and just people in engineering in general. And in the IndyCar series, yeah, there had been female engineers before me. And in fact, I had taken over another female that was uh, the street course engineer and um, she had done a phenomenal job and I got to step into that role. And that was only the only one traveling at the time, but we have this tradition of taking a picture of all the female engineers at the Indianapolis 500. And last year there were 10 of us. My very first year was just me. Last year there were 10 of us. (laughs) There's probably gonna be 12 or 13 this year, including our new street course engineer, Anna Davies, or sorry, Anna Nelson, she just got married. Um, and there's going to be more of us. And I, I just really love to see that um, the diversity in the series, not just and gender, but race and others just open up. And it's it's not just a sport meant for a certain demographic anymore. Yeah. And I know that you do a lot of work across the, the season at the different tracks and, and cities that you go to, to meet with young groups, STEM education groups, but especially groups of, as, as you noted, young young girls who may not have had exposure to this before. Where did your exposure and interest come from? You said you, you walked into Paige and said, I'm, I want to be a race tire engineer. Where did that interest and that drive develop or, or form? My really quick story is my mom was a science teacher. Both my parents are educators. And my mom always explained science as something that was fun, how to understand how toys work, launching rockets and dissecting cow eyeballs, things that she could get at the butcher shop that were inexpensive or, or, or free for us to do and to learn about science. So I had that passion for science. My grandfather was an engineer at NASA. He worked on the Apollo missions and the space shuttle. So I was well, thought sounds, I wanted to be... That sounds significantly yes. important. Yes, it's it was pretty cool. I mean, I have a <laughs> I have a U.S. flag that has been on was on SDS one in space in my uh, in my living room. So yeah, it's it's a, a pretty important part of my history. Just credential name dropping. I love it. I did. I did. <laughs> I, I I already name dropped Mario Andretti, and now I, I name dropped NASA. Yeah. So <laughs> we we've had a I mean we, I've had a really really a blessed life. Things that I've been able to do. So um, yeah, that 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 mentoring is important. Getting the history of how I got into racing, I was in the University of Akron. They were designing a Formula SA car, which is a collegiate design competition where they basically make a little race car with a little Honda CBR 600cc motorcycle engine. And that's where I learned to do a lot of the stuff. And then I got a car. I learned to build it on my own and rebuild my own engine. And I just knew I wanted to work at racing. And I was looking in companies. I saw Bridgestone here in Akron because I'm from the Akron area. And they have, I mean, they're pretty solid in motorsports, been doing this for a while, 1911, (laughs) more more than two times as many wins in Indianapolis 500 than all the other tire manufacturers combined. I think we're going to be okay here in racing at Bridgestone. So um, (laughs) that's why I wanted to become a part of it. And the growth continues. Let's talk a little bit just as we wrap up for people who haven't watched a race or don't know a little bit more of the the technical side. And we don't want to get too far into the details, but you, as you noted, do such a good job of making the science of it all fun. We've done stuff with media where you've used Oreo cookies and Swedish fish to help compare and (laughs) contrast the the aspects and attributes of the tires, which is very helpful, especially for those of us who like to snack. But 
for an Indy 500, like if people are going to tune in and watch this month, we've got only one tire, the primary tire, that is specially designed for that track. But then at other races across the year, we've got kind of different tires that we're able to provide. Can you just give us a a high-level overview of the types of specs you design for IndyCar racing and why it's so diverse and technical? Sure. A fun fact is anytime you see the car on the racetrack, there are four different specifications on the car. You don't want to mix the lefts on the rights and the rights on the left. Um, you'll have a very poorly handling car. Ask Marco Andretti. He did that at Indianapolis a few years back and it did not go well for him. Sharing secrets. Oh, no. Yes, exactly. But um, that we have a very diverse amount of racetracks that we race on in the IndyCar series from St. Pete, which we raced last month. And you have a mix of asphalt and concrete. And some some tracks that we've raced at the past have had railroad tracks and manhole covers. So you have to be able to just absorb those bumps. And there has to be engineering that goes into the tire to make them able to accelerate and decelerate a lot and very quickly. And then you have tires for road courses and then tires for ovals, which you're going high speeds and a lot of heavy load on the right sides. If you're watching a street course or a road course race, you're going to see primary and alternate tires. Those are tires that are the same construction and design, but have a tread compound that's meant to run quicker and go off a little bit. So you have some different in the racing makes the racing more exciting. You stay on the Firestone primary tire and it's nice and consistent throughout the whole stint. You put the alternate tire on there, you get that initial speed so you can pass a little bit better. It's great at the beginning of the race to get track position, but it's going to drop off by design. So there's a lot of fun stuff that goes into there. And if the skies open and we have a torrential downpour, then we have rain tires that we do actually use that are grooved. If you've seen the Firestone Firehawks, they are what we call a slick tread. So there's tread on there, but it's smooth to maximize all of the contact area where that rubber meets the road. You have the biggest contact area that's possible. You don't want those screws, but if you have rain, you need that tread pattern. And those are the ones that people will recognize that look more like the tires that are on our cars in terms of the having the groove treads as opposed yes. to those uh, those slick, smooth surfaces for uh, the, the main primaries and alternates. I guess to, to close, you know, I gave you the heads up, uh, a Mario Andretti story. Do you have a good, fun Mario tale to tell? I have so many Mario stories. I've got the technical Mario stories. I am so fortunate to be able to call Mario Andretti my friend. Um, he's text messaged me before. The first time he ever text messaged me, he sent me a, a picture of a, a car that was a pasta box and four toilet paper rolls. And I had no idea who it was. I looked up the area code. It was a Pennsylvania area code. And I thought, could this be Mario? Well, why, why is he sending me a pasta and toilet paper? <laughs> sure enough, I looked up, I, I sent the number to Lisa Boggs. I said, is this Mario? And and she goes, yeah, that's that's Mario's phone number. I said, oh, great. So we had a fun text message exchange after that. My favorite Mario story, though, is at St. Pete. I always talk about Mario as just a, a quintessential gentleman. He was really upset in St. Pete, maybe 2008. His grandson was running and his engineer wasn't giving him enough tires to run. And he came and he's like, who's the street course? engineer. I said, that's me. I'm kind of new here. And he said, I, I want you to go and I want you to talk to my grandson's engineer because he's not running the tires right. And he needs to be running. He's young. He needs to learn. He was really upset, but he never swore once. He was always super kind and super thoughtful. So that kind of set off my relationship from with Meyer from there. He is such a great ambassador for our brand. Um, we're really, really lucky to have him. And I'm really lucky to have him as a friend. It's just a, it's an incredible journey, right? The people you meet along the way, and some of them are just Mario Andre texting you his arts and crafts, apparently he does at <laughs> home. So. Yes. 
Well, Carrot, thank you so much. We know you are a busy person, especially right now. We're in the middle of the season. We are in the month of May. We look forward to seeing uh, the Firestone Firehawk tires carry another winner across the the yard of bricks and take the checkered flag uh, at the Indianapolis 500 uh, again this year. And thank you for uh, all the work and and fun things that you and your team do to help uh, make that possible for Firestone Racing. All right. Well, thank you, Keith. And I hope you all can catch us on the track soon. A rich history in racing has set the stage for continued opportunities in the future. As we briefly mentioned with Kara, Bridgestone is in the process of building a new state-of-the-art race tire manufacturing facility that will be the first new tire plant in Northeast Ohio in more than 60 years. The Advanced Tire Production Center in Akron is set to fully open in 2022, and John Larkins is one of the dedicated teammates who will make the move to continue that tradition of quality and precision that dates back more than 100 years. Let's dive in. Well, we are joined by John Larkins, who works at the Advanced Technology Workshop uh, in Akron, Ohio. And he's part of the team that uh, manufactures our Firestone race tires for the NTT IndyCar Series. John, thanks for taking the time to join us today. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Ah, Absolutely. You've been with the company now 23 years, a couple different roles in Akron, but a majority of that time has been spent as curemen in our race tire manufacturing process. So what is, what's the easy description of what a curemen does? Well, the green tires come over on a rack and we inspect them and we put them in the press, which heats it up. Then the press opens, we take the finished tire out and inspect it and then mark it and balance it and send it on a skid along the way. I'm the lead trainer in that area as well. So everybody who comes in who's new, who learns a job, you know, I teach them how to do this job. And we're actually the last set of hands that touches the tire before it goes back for a shearography, which is a detailed inspection with a microscope in a vacuum that looks for trapped air inside the tire. And then the tires are shipped right from there onto the trailer to go to uh, PTSC, where they put the stencils on and the lettering. Then it's ready for the race. And the work on the race tires, we've learned, is a, is a little bit different than the manufacturing in some of our, our other plants for our TBR or our passenger tires, just down to the basic process. What's unique about the manufacturing of race tires up in Akron? Our tires are all built by hand. We don't have any machines that lay down the plies and the other plants. They have computerized machines that they just feed material in the back. So everything that we do here is done by hand. Were you a race fan before you got into this and that's how you tried to find your way in? Or did it naturally just, you know, you became a fan of the sport and racing because of the nature of the work? I used to go to small races with my dad when uh, when I was a kid, like the little small dirt tracks and stuff. And, and yeah. I really wasn't interested in the big stuff until I started making the things that go on the tires, you know? I mean... <laughs> It's great. It's completely different. It's completely different from, you know, these guys, I don't know, they maybe worked in their garage and stuff and just throw a tire on there. They weren't looking at it. You know, like here, these tires are all specific. It's all part of the, you know, of the plan of who's going to pull up and win this race. 
Yeah. That's what I was going to ask when you're, you're a kid going to local races, dirt track races. I don't think any kids are out there thinking how cool tires are, how complex tires are, right? Oh, it's something no. that you, you get in there and, and how much did you have to learn? I mean, did you even think about all the roles that tires did play until you kind of got in there and were a part of the process? <laughs> Not until I got here. I, yeah. There's no way I could have ever guessed that so much stuff had so much to do with it. We talked to Kara about um, just the for a normal person to think about racing. And these are guys going 200 miles an hour into crazy turns on high banks at ovals. And then you get into street courses and road course races as well. There's no room, like as you just said, for uh, for doing something wrong with these tires. Do, do you think about that in the process? I'll, I, I have to imagine almost every day as you are completely consumed in, in turning out the highest quality product. Right. You have to inspect them that way because one oversight and it, where's the next thing going to go? You know, you always want to stop it before it gets to be a big problem. If it's a an equipment thing, we can stop it and fix the equipment, but we can't have a tire that's no good. Get out. Yeah, The thin margin for error. It is a lot of, <laughs> there's a lot of pressure there on that. Yeah, but we make a good product. <laughs> that we know, and the, and the drivers talk about it, right? Have you, when you watch races and you hear drivers talk about the tires, like what do you feel? What is your reaction to that? Sometimes, it's it's good to know that there's never any problems. I mean, they they'll say there's this or that wrong with the track, but it almost never comes back and says, "Oh, we had a bad tire." The tires are always flawless. Yeah. Thank you. Good job there. <laughs> yes. uh, you said that you are also, uh, you're on the safety committee and you're also a lead trainer for your area. Tell me a little bit about those commitments, I guess. Is that something like earned over just longevity and time? Do you kind of raise your hand and say, I want these roles and, and why do you, why do you do it? Well, I like to train people who don't know what they're doing over there. And teach them and turn them into somebody who can run the area because that passes along the good job that was created for me is now created for them. If they can pick out a tire or a flaw that is so tiny that somebody else couldn't see it, but yet they're picking that stuff out, you know, and it, they might learn over time that that little dot doesn't mean anything or it's a, maybe it's a mold dent or a little bit of air that stayed there, you know. Maybe it's something that needs to be taken care of, but they have the ability and the skill to make that decision. And how do you, I mean, that's, I would assume that's just something through experience and, and repetition of seeing these things, right? To pick yes. out minuscule, you know, flex and details to, to be able to do something like that. I don't think it comes naturally. Is that correct? <laughs> no, no. And you, you have to get going because you only got like four minutes before the next tire pops out between when the PCI unit stops with, and what that is, is it, it puts the tire under pressure and that cools the tire and, and hopes it holds its shape hmm. as it's cooling. And you have four minutes after that stops to get that tire cleared because the press is getting ready to open again. It's a high stakes and fast pace on the track and off apparently, huh? Yes. <laughs> It seems to me in, in the brief time that I've talked to you that you do have a lot of, of passion for the role, for the responsibility that comes with it. Is that something as your role in, as a trainer that you also try to instill in, in the people that are working under you as well? 
Yes, because I want them to do the job the same way that I do it, because then I know that they aren't going to miss anything. You know, when I go to the, I go to mid Ohio Mm -hmm. almost every year. And I'm always looking at through the tires to see which ones have my numbers on them. Mm. Every tire has a barcode on it. Those are individual to the tires, but the cure number goes on the side of the tire and we all have a different number and we put it on before the tires cured. And that way it sticks on there. Has your, I guess, pride in this particularly, uh, being able to see the product on the track performing at this really high level, going to things like the Indy 500 and, and, and seeing your work on the track, carrying people into the history of the sport, you know, has your pride in it or is your appreciation for just the whole process of, you know, start to finish evolved over your, uh, I guess, 18 years in curing? Yes, I think it has. I just, I keep looking at tires and I'll turn them over and see, you know, does this have my number on it? Try to find out, you know, who's the, who's the person that worked on this one. And a lot of times I can tell just by the number who, who that was. I'm glad to see it. It's at its final destination. You know, it made it through my inspection and then the chirography and then getting the stencils put on and now it's ready to go. That's the goal of the whole thing is to have tires at the track. Yeah. Well, we are very uh, thankful for you to share a little bit of this peek into the world of, of race tire manufacturing and, and your, your journey at Bridgestone. Oh, thank you very much. Of course. Thank you for taking the time, John. The 105th running of the Indianapolis 500 this May of 2021 will mark the 72nd time that Firestone tires have carried the winner across the finish line which, as Kara noted, is twice as many Indy 500 wins as all other tire manufacturers combined. We hope you'll join us in celebrating this great racing tradition and take a moment to think a little more about the role tires play, the process, and the people who built them, and how it all connects to the rubber we put on the road and the innovation journey we're on at Bridgestone. If you like what you're hearing, we encourage you to subscribe or follow for updates on future episodes. And feel free to share this podcast with your teammates, friends, and family. We'd also love to hear what you think. In fact, if you share your thoughts by May 31st, you'll be entered to win a Firestone Racing swag bag featuring items that celebrate IndyCar and the month of May. Just leave us a rating or a review in your podcast platform of choice, and then send an email to thrivepodcast.com at bfusa.com to say hello. Thanks for listening. Until next time, I'm Keith Cauley telling you to keep on keeping on and remember that at Bridgestone, today, tomorrow, together, we thrive. Be good, everybody. 